Welcome to your PA Mentor Podcast. I'm Sammy Ngo, your host and fellow PA, and I'm here to help you navigate your way to a fulfilling PA career. At 26 years old, I landed my dream job as a brand new graduate right out of PA school without even realizing it, all because I had an incredible mentor who guided me through my first year as a clinician. My mentor completely changed my life and how I practice medicine. He didn't just teach me clinical medicine. He taught me how to love the art of medicine, how to develop work-life balance, how to avoid burnout, and most importantly, how to truly love and continue to love my profession. Because of him, I am the confident PA that I am today. And that is why I have made it my mission to help PA students and new grads navigate through the PA profession with advice, strategy, and tools to find your way to a fulfilling career as a PA. And with that said, my friends, it is now time to dive into today's episode. Hi, Erin. Hi, Sammy. Okay, before we get started, I just want to start off by saying thank you, thank you, and thank you so much, you guys, for all the messages you sent us about this podcast. I cannot believe the amount of support we are getting. I I have no words. You guys, oh, you guys are giving me so much life. <laughs> Right? right. It's just been really exciting to finally share it with everyone. Um, I really had no idea what to expect, but the positivity has been amazing. Yeah. And we actually decided to re-record the second episode because we wanted to make it better for you guys. Yep. The first time was kind of like bland, right? A little. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I promise that I'm going to try and speak slower and enunciate my words a little better. And... Erin, what did you promise? <laughs> I promised to sound more awake. Sammy yes. doesn't. She thinks that I'm not at her energy level. So I'm going to try to up true. my game for you guys. <laughs> uh, and we're, we're putting in the work. Yes. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about the job search. We are going to tell you how to approach the job search and what to look out for. Right. Uh, negotiating salary, benefits, how to interview, that will come later. Right now, we just want to focus on um, helping you guys look for the best job for you. Did you know that there are over 200 PA programs in the U.S. right now? I read somewhere that there are over 100,000 PAs graduating each year. When we graduated, I think there were maybe like 60 or 70 PA programs out there? Is that right, Erin? about that. Yeah, there was nowhere near 200. Not 200, no way. No. And when we graduated, there were also a lot of jobs to choose from. Um, But with COVID, it's reduced the number of jobs available. um, And a lot of clinics, especially surgical clinics, have actually furloughed their employees. And a lot of hospital systems are losing money because of the decreased revenue from elective surgeries being canceled. And with that, it's so tempting to apply to every job out there and just take whatever you can get. But don't do that. Do not settle. I repeat, do not settle. We are here to tell you that that is not the best strategy. It definitely isn't. Um, When I was in PA school, I was offered a job. I accepted it right off the bat. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I didn't ask about salary, hours, benefits, nothing. I was just so happy to be offered a job, I didn't even think twice. And how did that work out for you, Erin? Well, it was a goddamn disaster. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They kept putting me off, switching dates. Uh, They didn't have a plan in place for me at all. Uh, So five months after graduating, and I still hadn't worked a single shift. And I was so desperate for money that I ended up selling pork sandwiches at the fair (laughs) to pay for my car insurance. 
Hey, no yeah. shame with that gay girlfriend. No, mama's got to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you made some mistakes, right, Erin? Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes when I accepted that job offer. I didn't bother to do any research. I had no idea what the job market looked like. Um, and I think one of the biggest differences uh, between the West Coast and the East Coast was on the East Coast, there were way more jobs for new grads. Seemed like all my classmates who were staying on the East Coast had a lot more job opportunities. Um, and then when I moved back to Seattle and the ER job didn't pan out how I was hoping and I started to look for a job again, nobody wanted new grads. Like, nobody. Uh, everyone wanted at least two years of experience. And that and, is so common. Yeah, it's super common. And there's a lot of states that are way more PA-friendly than others, and that's a big factor in, in choosing where to work where to as work. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of starting to improve, but there are still a lot of states that haven't figured out how awesome PAs are. So what did you end up doing? So the only job I and I could get at that time was at a rural family practice clinic. It was like six hours away from Seattle. Six hours? <laughs> yeah. So the ER job, they finally wow. decided, yeah, they finally decided to let me start working, but they made me part-time for like the first six months as a sort of a trial run. So I ended up moving to the middle of nowhere. And then every other weekend, I would drive back to Seattle to work in the emergency room. Ugh, that sounds awful. It was. It it really was. You know how many times I got pulled over driving back and forth? <laughs> <laughs> like, so many. Oh, my gosh. No, it's true. I got pulled over all the time. But I will say I only ever got one ticket. So what a <laughs> good job. <laughs> so, okay. So you've heard about my terrible job search mistakes. Um, let's hear some of yours. So – I would say don't waste your time interviewing for places you wouldn't want to actually work. So when I moved to California, I interviewed at 12 places. I mean, granted, I got 11 job offers, but I still had to do 12 <laughs> interviews. 12 interviews, you guys. That's a lot of energy, time, and money to invest in a potential job that I didn't even really want. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, what would you have done instead? Well, in San Francisco, I interviewed at some clinics that are really far. Um, I didn't even take into account the commute time. I wanted to live in San Francisco. And so I was, you know, applying for jobs in the East Bay, in the South Bay, even in the North area. Um, and some of the places were about an hour, an hour and a half commute with traffic. And Oof. I didn't even like think of that. I just saw on the Google map, it was like 30 minutes away, you know, <laughs> but 30 minutes does not mean 30 minutes in San Francisco traffic. 30 minutes is an hour and a half. So that's a three hour commute, you guys, three hour commute. I might die driving three hours a day, you know? Like, we all know I can't drive. Right. We can't have you on the road for that long. No, it's yeah. too dangerous. And so one of the biggest things I didn't realize was in my initial phone interview with HR, I just didn't ask enough questions about the job. The recruiter would give me a very brief description, and I said, okay, I will interview. And I didn't realize that I didn't even want the job until I was actually at the interview. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is not right. what I would ever do. But I still had to do it because I was already there, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to tell you what types of questions you should ask to avoid this from happening to you. Right. So first start by looking up their website, read their employee reviews, and read their patient reviews. Um, 
keep in mind that people are way more likely to post a negative review than a positive review. Mm -hmm. But is there a common theme? Is the clinic constantly running late? Are they constantly rescheduling? Is um, there a provider that the patients uh, complain about uh, consistently? And then is the position in a clinic you would actually want to work in? Uh, Is it a specialty that you're even comfortable with? Exactly. Don't apply to a pediatric clinic if you don't love kids or the crazy parents. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So another thing to look out for are medical groups whose ethics don't align with yours. So a lot of Catholic and mm-hmm. religious-run hospital systems have really strict morality clauses, um, and they actually make providers sign a piece of paper that says they won't talk about abortion, death with dignity, or even gender-affirming care with their patients. That's true. Yeah. So if you can't see yourself working for a company like that, don't apply. It'll just make your work more difficult. You'll get frustrated and burn out a lot quicker. And don't think that you can only apply for jobs online. Use your resources. My first job came when I responded to an email that came from my PA program a few weeks before graduation. Um, one of my really good friends and classmates had done a rotation there, and she told me that the supervising position was a great mentor and that he loved to teach. Mm-hmm. And she insisted that I apply for that job because she knew it would be a good fit. So word of mouth is very important. Right. Yeah. The PA community is really actually pretty small. Um, so small. Yeah. Even smaller now with social media. Exactly. Everybody knows everybody. So mm-hmm. talk to your preceptors, talk to your job shadows, even your PA school staff. I mean, they work with all the clinics where you do your rotations. A lot of times those clinics will let the school know when they're also looking to hire. Exactly. Um, and Big cities tend to have more jobs, so there's a lot more competition. Yeah. And in these big cities, they treat PAs like they're a dime a dozen. Yeah. Um, in California, a lot of jobs had really low starting salary range. And especially now with the clinics having to furlough experienced PA, it is even tougher. So broaden your search. Don't focus so much on the location. Right. I mean, when you're a PA in a big city, um, you're expendable because there's another PA waiting to move right into your job. And a lot of times the employees know that like people want to work there. And so they will definitely lowball. Like uh, if you mm-hmm. want to work here, like this is what you'll get and you'll be happy about it. So, you know, um, don't focus so much on the location. Uh, rural clinics tend to be a lot more willing to accept new grads, um, a lot more willing to help with relocation costs, and a lot of times they're eligible for student loan repayment. Um, so one of the things that I wish I had kind of done differently was give that rural job that I ended up taking um, an actual chance. You know, I had one foot out the door the entire time. So I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I, I was so focused on getting back to Seattle that I, I never gave this job an opportunity to see if I even liked it or not. I was just like so determined to leave as quick as I could. And I really feel like if I had, you know, given it more of an opportunity, really tried to um, take what I could get from that and use it to be a really good PA, I feel like things would have been a lot easier for me. Uh, My first couple years as a PA probably wouldn't have been such a shit show, right? So don't rule out a great job just because of the location. Okay, so now that you have applied for the job and you may or may not hear back from the recruiter, but if you do, this is your opportunity to ask those really important questions. So for example, 
How many patients am I expected to see an hour? Who will be in the clinic with me? Will my supervising physician be on site or is he or she only available by phone or email? Um, a lot of clinics will have solo providers or only two advanced practice providers together, especially in urgent cares. So ask yourself, um, or ask them actually, is there a lab or an x-ray on site? Will you be expected to read x-rays on your own? Um, what else? Ask them, do you have to prep your own web preps for microscopes? Um, and do you have to do your own splinting or casting? And also ask about the setup for support staff. There is a big, big difference between an MA and a nurse as far as scope of practice. Right. MAs are wonderful for a lot of things, um, but they can't start IVs. And in some states, they can't even give shots or injections. Um, so that will take more of your time to do those interventions if that's the case. Um and also make sure to ask about if you are going to have to work weekends, holidays, nights, and is there additional compensation for that? Um, will you be expected to take call? Do you have to be on site for that or is it just by phone? Mm-hmm. And in that case, will they give you a work phone or a laptop uh, for that? So a lot of those are some really good questions to decide if that's if this is something you really want to pursue. For me, one of the really big questions I always ask is, um, is there a routine schedule? Because I am a freaking routine person. <laughs> I do not like having, <laughs> I'm telling you, I cannot work, you know, Monday, Thursday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. I, I can't. Right. I need a set schedule. And so the minute they tell me that there's no set schedule, I'm like, all right, peace out. I'm done. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. That's like, like a red flag for me, you know? Yeah. And in my case, yeah, I really like the flexible schedule. I like kind of having like different days off and and um, even working different shifts. Uh, I definitely prefer like a swing shift type of uh, situation because I'm not a morning person. So, you know. Oh, I'm the opposite. <laughs> right? So these are the kinds of things that you are going to need to know. So, mm-hmm. so ask those questions. Yeah. Yeah. And if you start getting red flags, don't bother to set up the interview. Correct. Don't even, don't, don't, don't do what yeah. I did. Don't do 12 interviews. Right. <laughs> it's right. not fun, you guys. No. So what we want to tell you is just choose your job wisely. So apply for the jobs that you want and that you are actually willing to work for. Um, you know, if you're getting a lot of red flags from HR alone, then don't even bother. Yep. It's going to make your transition much harder and it's going to be way more complicated than it really needs to be. Right. So... Um, I hope this helps. I hope that this answers a lot of um, questions and concerns that you guys have about the job search. And, um, you know, let us know. Let us know what other things you're struggling with. But we'll be back next week. And what are we going to talk about next week, Sammy? Yes, what's next week? Um, Is it interview? Yes. It is. We are going straight into the interview. How to interview and do it right. And land the job. The J-O-B, guys. All right. (laughs) Adios, bye. Bye.